Thank you for checking out this episode of Wiregrass Daily News Sports. You can find the podcast over at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, and review. Leave a review, and I will read it on a future edition of the show. And if you just leave four stars, you are just a straight-up hater. You can follow me on social media over at pjordansec. You can email me at sportstalkfieldjordan at gmail.com. All right, everybody, welcome in to another edition of Wiregrass Daily News Sports. Uh, I'm your host, Phil Jordan, studio host and producer of Flethamon's Football on 96.9 A Legend and Auburn Rider for Last World College Football. And first up with me today, we're previewing the Iron Bowl. We're going to get the Auburn side of things first, the home team. And joining me to do that is Taylor Jones. He is the managing editor over there at the Auburn Wire. And uh, Taylor, I appreciate you coming on to talk about the Auburn side of the Iron Bowl. Yeah, looking forward to talking with you again. Uh, Philip. got a lot to talk about. Uh, unfortunately, not all of it's great, but uh, I know it's uh, always an honor to talk with you and looking forward to seeing what we all get into today. Yes, uh, when I asked you a week ago to come on to do this, I was, uh, like everybody, assumed, okay, Auburn will take care of business because New Mexico State. Uh, they will be 7-4, and four, four straight wins, going to the Iron Bowl, a lot of confidence, a lot of energy. A lot of enthusiasm will be uh, going into this game on the Auburn side, but uh, that did not happen because Auburn stumped their toe on Saturday, big time. Uh, this is one that stumped your toes in the middle of the night. You don't see something in the floor. You hit it, and you probably say some words you probably shouldn't say. But they lose to New Mexico State 31-10. to 10. New Mexico State dominated Auburn. I mean, it, this is not a fluke victory by New Mexico State, but just – your thoughts. Uh, we're doing this on a Monday night uh, after that loss. I mean, you know, after taking some time to reflect and all that, I mean, it, it truly is impressive what New Mexico State did in the way that, um, you know, you and I both cover high school football here in this state outside of doing this. And you talk to a coach the week before the game where you know that they're going to be outmatched. I mean, they have – the team they're going to play has, you know, 10, 12 athletes that are going to outrun them. They're going to be blown out. What's the first thing they always say? Well, we got to win the time of possession battle. They can't win if they can't score. And that's what New Mexico State did. The, you know, game lasts 60 seconds and, or 60 minutes, and they had the ball for 38 and a half of those minutes. And so, I mean, that was impressive in itself, but it's also impressive in the fact that they were able to manage the game that the way that they did – you know, going back to the high school thing, it's like, yeah, that's fine if you uh, have good blockers or you have two or three really good running backs. But other than that, you know, enjoy the extra two minutes of possession that you have. But if you're not going to score with it, then it doesn't matter. But uh, Diego Pavia uh, did a great job managing the uh, game, connecting with, I think, 11 different receivers. So he had a lot of playmakers that he could have chosen from. Uh, the running game played very well. Um not a really good day defensively when you think about it because the uh, I was looking back at uh, PFF and those grades and um, the pass rush was the worst uh, that it's been. Maybe I think it was maybe the Texas A&M game that it was about the same, but it was worse since then. Uh, shout out to Elijah McAllister for getting the only sack uh, in there. But I mean, just other than that, just a very quiet game from Jalen McLeod, which is something you really can't afford if you're Auburn. Same thing with Keldrick Falk, a guy that's really been an up-and-coming guy, and you're thinking, hey, he may get some uh, SEC Freshman of the Year, maybe some National Freshman of the Year awards, and there was really nothing going for him either. Um, uh, Larry, you know, not really uh, having a big game as well. I think, like, the top tacklers were the defensive guys, and that's usually not a good sign 
uh, it means that you're getting thrown on a lot. And um, that's exactly what happened. Um, but on the offensive side of the ball, it just, I don't know if the defense just didn't really give them the looks to run the ball more, but I really was disappointed by the lack of carries that Jarquez Hunter got. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, I don't know if it was, you know, hey, this isn't going to work. We're going to stop this completely. Um, but the underlying factor, uh, Peyton Thorne, and, you know, you go on social media. I know you've seen it, too. Uh, you know, that's, that's the first thing that happens anytime that Auburn loses a game. It's, oh, y'all really wanted Peyton Thorne at quarterback, didn't you? But uh, he had the most efficient game passing that he's had in an Auburn uniform. He completed 15 of 19 passes, 75% uh, for over 190 yards. So, I mean, he had, he had a good game. He was running for his life, but he had a good game considering. So, at the end of the day, it's uh, very upsetting. It's uh, very demoralizing, and it just kind of makes you wonder what's next. But at the same time, you got to look at what Jerry Kill and New Mexico State did and just flat out say, hey, that was pretty darn impressive <laughs> what you were able to do with the small things that you did in the game. Yeah, you know, and just looking at it, look, and obviously, you know, we're going to talk in a little bit with your colleague, AJ Spur, on uh, the Roll Tie Wire, and they play Chattanooga. And I think a lot of Auburn fans looked at that. So, okay, that's New Mexico State's our Chattanooga this week. That's not the case. This is a really good team. They're eight three coming in. They're nine three now. They're going to play for a conference championship. And I don't know the stat, but they have an opportunity this week to get their tenth win. I don't know the last time New Mexico State got ten wins in a season. So, and like you said, Jerry Kill is a really good football coach. I think we've kind of some people may have forgotten that the casuals have. Uh, he was really good. I mean, he had some health issues. I know when he was at Minnesota, but really good coach. But still, do you think this was a situation where maybe Auburn went onto the field and say, okay, we should beat this team, we should blow them out, and just figure, okay, we us just walking on the field should equal a victory today? I think it appeared that way from the start because, you know, even going back and listening to what Hugh Free said after, his, uh, after the game, he said it just seemed like our receivers were in a fog. We weren't running patterns the way that we should have. We weren't moving as fast as we normally should have. So – Kind of makes me feel like it was in a way. And Jerry Kill also uh, completely destroyed Hugh Freeze last season, if you can remember. And I'm starting to be, you know, beginning to think that it wasn't Hugh Freeze looking forward to the Auburn job, as a lot of people thought. Because uh, if you remember that that whole thing going on, he had the big win over Arkansas, and everybody was like, "Hey, all right, Hugh Freeze, he might be uh, up for a big job." And then the next two or three weeks, I think UConn beat him uh, somewhere in there too. It just, you know, he had two losses at the end that just made no sense. Um, I think Jerry Hill may know something on Hugh Freeze, or maybe Hugh Freeze just isn't spending enough time learning how to stop Jerry Kill. You know, it's uh, I feel like a handful of factors were on that, but it just didn't look like they were playing up to the, the three-game winning streak that they had just had. Uh, you would think if they had had the same energy, even half the energy, I think they played against Arkansas the week before, then this should have been, you know, a 66 to 10 game like the Alabama Chattanooga game was. But it just uh, just didn't seem like they were they, they weren't injured in Harris Stadium, even though their bodies were. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, too, could be looking ahead to Alabama, the Iron Bowl. I mean, everybody was because after Auburn beats Arkansas 48 to 10. Everybody's already talking about the Iron Bowl. I mean, you see any mm-hmm. Auburn fan? No, I mean, and I get it. I get it. You look at New Mexico State previous history. I think a lot of people weren't looking at their record and what they had done this year too. It, and that was another thing too. The conversation was already on the Iron Bowl, and you know the coaches and especially the players can say they don't pay attention to that. We know they pay attention to that. They hear that too as well. 
So I kind of wonder if that kind of got in their head. And you're right. I, I looked at the stats. Peyton Thorne had more rush attempts than Jarquez Hunter. And yeah. Peyton Thorne. Yeah, Hunter had, had a, less than 10, right? I think yeah. he maybe had like eight or nine. Yeah. Yeah. He had very few. I got the stat here. Peyton Thorne had 17 carries for 38 yards, and Jarquez Hunter had eight carries for 27 yards. So. And the way Jarquez has been playing during the streak, too. I mean, he's been playing his best ball, explosive plays. We finally been seeing the Jarquez Hunter we're used to seeing. I mean, I, and I know Peyton Thorne has played better since he's been the full-time quarterback. You know, last time I had you on, I believe it was when Auburn was 3-4 and four after uh, the Ole Miss game. And we mm-hmm. talked about, hey, they have a shot here to win four in a row. We thought the Arkansas game was going to be the toughest game of that of that set going to Fayetteville, that turned out to be on paper, the way the score looked the easiest and then New Mexico state, the hardest, but um, let, let's just switch gears into the iron bowl uh, going into this game. I think a lot of people, like we said, going before this past weekend, Auburn was in a good spot. Take care of business, New Mexico state. You got momentum going in. Does this loss now kind of take away a little bit of the iron bowl away from you in your opinion, just kind of the expectation of the game. Not uh, not yet, it hasn't. And the reason that I say that is because uh, looking back at the Arkansas game and everybody talking about, um, yeah, Arkansas is going to win. Like, I think all the sports books had uh, Arkansas either winning the game or Auburn is like maybe a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And I was like, I just – I don't get it. I feel like Auburn is going to win this game easily by 10. Like, I just had a feeling that Auburn was going to win this game by 10. And then last week with New Mexico State – I didn't think New Mexico State was going to win, but I had certain thoughts during the week where I'm like, there's no way. Like, I would just be driving down the road, uh, coming home from work or whatever, and just like, there's no way New Mexico State's going to beat Auburn. There's no way. But when you look at things, they're like, things may, you know, if if Auburn doesn't. Uh, I think the biggest thing last week was uh, Diego Pavia had injured his hamstring week before against uh, Western Kentucky. And I was like, if he ends up not playing game, then just, you know, go ahead and give Auburn the win. But if he plays, then, yeah, get, I mean, I was a denial with myself. I was mm-hmm. like, there's, there's no way. Um, but this week, I'm not, uh, not ready to say that Auburn is uh, out of contention early. Um, a lot of my mind goes back to wild things happen in Jordan here. I mean, heck, we saw that last week, uh, that wild things happen in Jordan here in Alabama is on the outside looking in for a college playoff berth. And if anything wild is going to happen, it could happen next week. Uh, so I'm not ready to say that Auburn's going to win the game, but I'm saying things may get a little crazy and uh, things may be a little bit closer than you think. Yeah, you got to think Hugh Freeze is going to get their attention this week. Mm. Uh, what will happen? And, and you know, nothing to what we talked about. Look, and it's not a disrespect against New Mexico State. They outplayed Auburn, they dominate Auburn. Again, like I said, top, there's no fluke there. But at the same time, like you said, looked like Auburn was looking ahead, not you know focusing on New Mexico State. More worried about again, we should blow this team out, and Alabama's coming up. Alabama's going to have their full focus this weekend. Yeah. They're going to want to knock Alabama off. This is the Iron Bowl. The crowd's going to be electric. We've seen Auburn with t- lesser teams compete in this game. I mean, just remember a couple of years ago, um, Brian Harson. I know we're not supposed to say his name around Auburn people, but Brian Harson, the first year. Look, we all know that team wasn't great because TJ Finley was the quarterback. Bo Nix was, you know, in because of the, you know, was out because of the injury. Tank Bisbee doesn't run out of bounds. Auburn wins that game. I mean, th- yeah. that's just, that's a simple thing. So that stadium does have magical powers. And look, we got to also look at it. We, I think we need to look at how Auburn was playing before New Mexico State. Hugh Freeze knows how to coach. And look back at Georgia. I mean, 
Auburn wasn't Auburn's playing better these last three games before New Mexico State than they were when they played Georgia. And they made that a game. So I feel like Hugh Freeze just is going to go into the thing. He's going to know ways to kind of make this a game. And Alabama at times has shown some weaknesses defensively. Now they're overall pretty good, but they've shown some things I think Auburn can exploit. What's going to be the key for Auburn, in your opinion, keeping the game close and making it a four-quarter game? One of the big things I've noticed in the close Auburn games and also even the ones that they won, uh, thinking back to the 2019 game, I think you've just got to find ways to, one, uh, get Peyton and Jarquez up to their full potential. Uh, you've got to get uh, Elijah McAllister. You've got to get Jalen McLeod. You've got to get Marcus Harris, all three of those guys up and running. Uh, Jalen Simpson, DJ James, Nehemiah Pritchett, they've all got to be you know, doing what they do. And if you do that, I think the other thing is you've got to find a way to play mind games with Nick Saban. Because uh, what was the the big thing in 2019, if you can remember, that ultimately won Auburn the game? They were trying to do the fake punt, and they were trying to switch personnel. Bo Nix comes back on the field. They've got too many men on the field. Auburn ends up getting a first down. So just try to find small, subtle ways to play mind games with Nick Saban in Alabama. Have all of your main guys get up and ready. Maybe the offensive line gets an extra boost as well. If all of those things go right, I think Auburn has – that's the best chance for Auburn to win. You know, another thing, too, obviously the Jalen Milrow part of it, containing mm -hmm. him and what he's doing. Not much against Chattanooga. I mean, Alabama just got him in, got him out. I mean, he did have some touchdowns in that one. But what he did against LSU, what he did against Kentucky, featuring him more in the run game. And obviously the deep ball. And you mentioned the defensive backs at Auburn. They're going to have to really play on top of their game because those receivers get behind you. We've seen what they can do when they do that. But I will say this for Auburn. Jalen Milrow will give you opportunities for his interceptions. And mm -hmm. Auburn's good at that. You know, Jalen Simpsons is one of the best in the SEC at picking the quarterback off. And they've got other guys that can do that. And again, you talk about the pass rush wasn't there. Auburn needs to get that going because – it pretty much feels like a guarantee Alabama's going to give up four or five sacks. So there's opportunities to stop them. So, I mean, what's your thoughts on those things? I mean, especially the Jalen Milrow part of it, just containing him. You're probably not going to stop all the explosive plays, but just containing him enough, you know, where it's not too much on the Alabama side. I've been really high on Marcus Harris all season long, and I think this is probably a really good opportunity for him to have his best game in an Auburn uniform because he has really been the anchor of that defensive line. He has been truly impressive week in and week out, and he is definitely going to have to be the guy if that does happen. I think it is possible. I think Marcus Harris is capable of doing that, and uh, that's going to be the guy, especially on the front seven, that I'm looking forward to really have the most impact is – You've got to figure out where Marcus Harris is, uh, no matter where you're at. And Marcus Harris has got to have a keen eye, maybe target vision, a uh, tunnel vision, sorry, uh, that if you will, uh, to just like stay locked on to Jalen Milrow and uh, give him fits all day. And I think if if that ends up working out well, then uh, things will really have to, or, or if that happens, maybe uh, don't don't allow Nick Saban to make those adjustments at halftime. Don't you know, go full-fledged too early because he's really good at second-half adjustments as well. So uh, maybe slowly get into that second half, really get into his grill, and uh, Auburn has a shot. 
yeah, Alabama I've been really good in the second half of games this year. Um, that that's kind of another been a minute thing with them too. Teams have got leads on them in the first half, but Alabama's adjusted in the second half. So, uh, as we close up uh, this part, the Auburn part uh, here, Taylor, what happens on Saturday? What's your, what's your thoughts? I think it's going to be another uh, classic SEC on CBS game at the uh, at the Iron Bowl. I mean, if you I think it was the was it 2017 season, I believe, that was uh, Vern Lund- – or no, it was 2016 was the Vern Lundquist uh, final year. But, you know, just think of some of the great games, Iron Bowl games that he got to call, you know, and this is going to be the last one that we'll see on CBS for the rest of our lives, more than likely. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, let's give Gary Danielson and Brad Nestler a really good one to call. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for uh, Auburn keeping it a lot closer than a lot of people are thinking, especially after the New Mexico State game. Um, I do see Alabama ultimately pulling it out in the fourth quarter. Um, they get one big play or they kind of wear Auburn down to the point to where they can't uh, cover them anymore. We've seen Nick Saban do that a handful of times. So um, I do see Alabama, unfortunately, getting the win. Uh, but Auburn's going to give them everything they have. And um, I think Auburn fans at the end of the day will be really proud at what they see out of their uh, team. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's going to be good. It, it, I think it's not going to be the same Auburn team we saw this Saturday. They're going to come, like we said and have the had the focus so it's gonna be fun iron bowl week is always fun after we done stuffed our our stomachs and everything with uh with turkey and ham and all the good stuff but uh it's gonna be fun on saturday and uh this is always fun having you on taylor and let everybody know the viewers and listeners uh where can they find you and uh where can they check out the auburn wire uh yeah we got a lot of iron bowl content pumping out this week also uh auburn basketball is off to a really great start so if you're looking for some auburn basketball news uh, check us out over there too it's at uh, auburnwire.usatoday.com if you're looking for us on social media on facebook it's auburn wire on uh x formerly twitter uh it is at the auburn wire uh give us a follow uh, of course the you know two big things we're doing uh fan interaction wise is our, we're doing tigers of the game uh so after auburn t- plays alabama a&m this week and also after auburn plays uh alabama this week head on over to our uh, twitter page and vote for who you think had the best uh performance uh out of every auburn player and of course you'll have a say in the vote and uh, it'll go out uh, on our website as well. So again, auburnwire.usatoday.com. Also follow us on social media at the Auburn Wire. All right, everybody, go check Taylor out. Go check out the Auburn Wire. And uh, Taylor, appreciate the time, and I uh, look forward to doing this down the road. We'll have to talk some hoops next time. Yeah, looking forward to it. Hopefully, you and your uh, family have a great Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you down the road. All right, you too, Taylor. Thank you. All right, buddy, we're going to take a quick one-minute break for some promo stuff for here at Digio Strategies. But when we return, I'll be joined by the site editor of the Roll Tide Wire, A.J. Spur. 96.9 The Legend is your connection to classic country legend. But Digio Strategies has other options, too. News Talk 103.9 is your source for America's top news and entertainment shows like Rick and Bubba in the morning, Glenn Beck from 9 till 11 a.m., and Clay Travis and Buck Sexton middays from 11 a.m. till 2 p.m. Sean Hannity, Lars Larson, Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh, and others fill your day with the latest news and views from America's top conservative voices. America 
at night and Coast to Coast AM keep you company and connected throughout the night. Plus, Fox News, the Alabama Radio Network, and Wiregrass Daily News keep you informed with national, international, state, and local news. And with more musical choices like all the hits, 106.7 KMX, Today's Country 95.5 WTVY, and Music 107.7 Digio Strategies gives you more choices and more variety. Listen on air, online, and on our apps. 96.9 The Legend is just the beginning. Welcome back in to Wiregrass Daily News Sports. And join me on the phone right now to preview the Alabama side of the Iron Bowl is A.J. Spur. He is the site editor over at Roll Tide Wire. And A.J., I appreciate you taking out time and coming on the show today. As always, thank you for having me on. It's only right to uh, have the home team on first there and then uh, bring in the tide to uh, close out the Iron Bowl coverage. But as always, thank you so much for having me. I'm sure anybody that listens to this is already going to automatically think I, I'm showing any kind of favoritism. It's just like if I'd, done, <laughs> if I'd had you on first and then Taylor second and said, oh, you're favoring Alabama. You know how this rivalry works. So I, I, it's probably one of, them, one of them things you can't win for anything on that. But, yeah, I, I, it's, it's always great talking to you. I always enjoy our, our chats about Alabama. Oh, absolutely. And, look, that's the nature of the beast when it comes to uh, – to the rich history of the Iron Bowl, it runs deep and it goes beyond the football field. So uh, with you covering it now and having both Alabama and Auburn uh, reporters to talk about it, you are now ingrained in, you know, part of that rivalry. So it, it's just, it's part of, uh, part of the problem, part of the, uh, part of the uh, rivalry. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're not going to spend too much time on Alabama's game from Saturday uh, against Chattanooga where they won 66 to 10. But just for you, any uh, anything that really stood out to you about the game? Well, as silly as this may sound, uh, considering how deep we are into the season and how realistically there's a chance Alabama has only three more games left. Uh, the thing that stood out to me about Alabama the most against, you know, FCS opponent Chattanooga was how deep this team really is. Uh, at the beginning of the season, rightfully so, a lot of people felt like the starters on this Alabama team might not be worthy of starting for this team and likely wouldn't be starters for contenders elsewhere, which is not what Alabama fans are used to. They're used to having a team two, three players deep on the depth chart at every single position that could start elsewhere in the SEC or other power five programs. As the season's gone on, we've seen mostly the offense develop. Uh, Tommy Reese as a play caller has matured. We see Jalen Milrow getting a lot more confident, but what we haven't seen, which we have seen in years past are the, uh, the second string guys, the third string guys, uh, the, the players that usually come in late in the game, close things out when there really is no risk of uh, giving up a massive lead because uh, that's just what Alabama has been over the past few years. This season, it's been a little bit different because with an early season loss and a couple of close games late, uh, Alabama and Nick Saban have really had to keep starters in for a full four quarters. Whereas in this game, we got to see a lot of Ty Simpson. We got to see a lot of, you know, running backs. Justice Haynes had five carries, 42 yards, two touchdowns. These are players that I think Alabama fans should be excited about in the near future, but it's also good to know that they're available now if need be and that the game won't go, you know, 
all the way down south if uh, the the absolute worst were to happen, which you never hope actually occurs, but it's football. We just saw what happened with Jordan Travis uh, two days ago. You know, things happen. Freak accidents happen constantly. So my biggest takeaway from this was Alabama is deep, and Alabama seems primed not just at the, the guys on top of the depth chart, but below the depth chart. They're willing and able to come in to perform and do what they have to do if called upon. Uh, yeah, and I want to mention one of the players that I think I was interested in, and I saw it, Kool-Aid McKinstry was pulled from the punt return, and then you put in Caleb Downs. He had the 85-yard punt return touchdown, obviously, and this is a great player, young player, a fourth in the SEC and tackles with 90. Just kind of your thoughts, maybe you know, featuring him more in that punt return role versus what they've been doing with uh, Kool-Aid. Look, Kool-Aid McKinstry is one of those electric players that you never know what's going to happen uh, when you put the ball in his hand. And on defense, you don't really get to see that all too often. Uh, So having him on punt returns, I think, is or was maybe at this point uh, something that fans really liked to see. But if you're Nick Saban, you're not out there trying to put on a spectacle for fans. You're not trying to entertain people. You're out there trying to win football games. And compared to to what we saw from Caleb Downs, he might be the more sure-handed returner. Uh, And you're not going to have one set guy out there every single time, although that would be ideal. Sometimes you're going to have to switch it up. If somebody's, you know, having an off day there, they're not fielding the ball well, it is what it is. That could be what's been happening with Kool-Aid, just maybe a couple off days in terms of returning kicks and punts. But from what we saw from Caleb Downs, He's electric, uh, you know, when he's on the field on defense and on special teams. You got to ride the hot hand, and especially going into a game like this and Georgia coming up in the SEC championship, he might be someone to keep an eye on as the uh, go-to guy now for returns. And you mentioned it. Let's let's jump into the Iron Bowl, and you know, just going in. And I asked you on last week, and then I messaged. Taylor as well to come on the show to talk about the Auburn side of things. I saw this as a situation where, okay, Auburn's playing New Mexico State. They should be coming seven and four, four straight wins, a lot of a lot of energy, a lot of momentum. It's in Jordan Hare. We know how that place is. Auburn's lot won a lot of games in that stadium. Maybe they had no business winning. And I, I want to get somebody from the Alabama side perspective on this. Now Auburn coming into this game after losing New Mexico State. How do you see that loss for Auburn on the Alabama side of things? Look, if you're an Alabama fan and you're looking at this loss that Auburn just had, an embarrassing blowout loss, not to rub it in or anything, but it can't mean much. You know, This is a rivalry game on the road at Jordan-Hare, which if you're an Alabama fan, you know anything can happen. I saw a bunch of tweets uh, that were absolutely hilarious saying, Auburn just got blown out by New Mexico State. Now they're going to go out there and play like the 1972 Dolphins for the first half of the Iron Bowl. And really, it's true. You have a coach that knows what it takes to beat Nick Saban because he had done so years before in consecutive seasons while he was at Ole Miss. You have a team that is talented, though hasn't been able to string together solid outings here late in the season. And overall, I mean, you cannot... Uh, underestimate the impact this game has with it being in Auburn. 
All right, the fans play a massive role. People talk about Jordan Hare being one of the most daunting uh, environments in all of college football. So when you look at what happened against New Mexico State, you can nitpick and you can dig into stats and you can say, well, here's what New Mexico State did that you know made Auburn pick. This is you know what they didn't see coming. This is what they prepared for versus what New Mexico State actually did. And, and you can get into the X's and O's, and I think that that's great. But in my opinion, most of that goes out the window when you're looking at a huge rivalry game like this. And I think the same goes not just for the Iron Bowl. You look at the game, you know, the Red River rivalry. Some of these games where there's such a rich history and just a strong distaste for, you know, the other team, nothing matters. They might as well be 0-0, both teams. This could be the first game of the season. Because Auburn right now knows that Alabama is playing to advance their interests as it relates to the college football playoff. And Auburn right now, this is their season. Sure, they're going to get a bowl game, but their season will be made regardless if they beat Alabama. So while you know the Tigers are, are trying to play spoiler here, it's Nick Saban and the Tide that has to come in, remain focused, and play Auburn as if this is you know part one of the SEC championship. Every game since Texas basically has been a playoff game. So this even more so than all those preceding, Alabama has to show up, ignore what just happened against New Mexico State. You mentioned rat poison earlier. You don't want this to turn into rat poison for Alabama, walking into Jordan-Hare thinking they've got this in the bag because that's exactly what Auburn wants. And I know that Auburn didn't do this on purpose, (laughs) you know, for the sake of having Alabama walk in unsuspecting of a angry six and five Auburn team but you know it's on Alabama to stay focused and at the same time it's on Auburn to regroup after such a devastating loss and try to uh to spoil what's left of Alabama season as the postseason nears you know and just look at the matchups um X's and O's offense versus defense I I think and you know obviously as someone that watches every Auburn game I think defensively before New Mexico State, uh, that's been a strength of this team this year. I, again, well, LSU lit them up, but look, LSU's done that to everybody. So I don't even think you can even knock that against Auburn or any team that's played LSU, knowing what they've done against every team they have faced this year. But Auburn's defense, especially their starting 11, I think they have a solid starting 11 team. The depth is an issue with that team, usually about in the middle of the third quarter when the play number gets high they kind of start to wear down. But when you look at Alabama's offense versus the Auburn defense, uh, what do you see with that matchup, particularly on Alabama side of things? Well, look, it's going to come down to Jalen Milrow, and I, and I really want to see this, uh, this passing game come alive against Auburn. We've seen in the past, even looking to uh, the past few years, going back to Mac Jones in, uh, in, what was that, 2019. All right, he threw two pick sixes. Bryce Young, uh, two years ago in that four OT game, you know, he didn't look great in that one. Auburn's defense really stepped up. Uh, Jalen Milrow here is fighting a stigma that Alabama quarterbacks really don't perform well on the road in the Iron Bowl. So with the wide receiving unit that he has this year, which is really highlighted by Jermaine Burton, which Alabama fans have grown to absolutely love. However, he doesn't have that flashy star quality that the rest of the nation has now affiliated with Alabama. So as Alabama's offensive line continues to improve, which is silly to say in the final game of the regular season, you know, the running game improves with it. However, 
in this one, I would really like to see Jalen Milrow open up as a passer, have Tommy Reese really show what Jalen Milrow is capable of before heading into this SEC championship game, which I don't try to say as rat poison to have this team looking ahead to, but as the season rounds up, you need to know what Jalen Milrow can and cannot do, especially in an environment like Auburn with the wide receivers that he does have and sometimes the very limited time that he has in the pocket. We've seen Jalen Milrow become a lot more confident as a pocket passer. So uh, in this one, in the Iron Bowl against Auburn, I'm, I'm really, really looking at uh, Jalen Milrow here to step up and uh, try his best to, uh, to torch the Auburn secondary. You know, when you look at the Auburn sector, I know coming into the year, that was actually one of the probably most experienced part of this defense. Um, Jalen Simpson is second tie for second SEC with four interceptions. Uh, DJ James has played well. I mean, they've got some good players on that side. So that really could be like a, a huge chess match between the two, the Auburn secondary versus those all, uh, Alabama wide receivers. Big time. And we haven't – I alluded to this a second ago with – Jermaine Burton being, you know, the go-to number one guy. One of the things we did see against Chattanooga for Alabama were some of these receivers that maybe haven't gotten as much action uh, in, in earlier games. It kind of seems like in every single game, Jalen Milrow has that one target that he likes to go to. And then beyond that, it's, it's few and far between as to if you can pick a, you know, wide receiver two on the offense any given week. So against Chattanooga, sure, we saw Jermaine Burton have three receptions for over 100 yards and a touchdown, but we saw him spread the ball out a ton. We saw Kendrick Law with 32 yards, Jalen Hale 29, Nye Black with 24, Bond 23, and Malik Benson with 23. All right. That, if you're an Alabama fan, that is perfect. That's what you want to see. With this Auburn secondary, you can't let them, you know, it's a meme, but you don't want to let them know your next move. You know, you don't want them to know, okay, if Jermaine Burton's unavailable, who's the next guy that uh, Jalen Milrow looks to? And what we saw last week was Milrow really is comfortable moving the ball around, spreading it out. And against Auburn, this is going to be key. Because if you're going to look to attack through the air, that passing game's got to be loaded up. And if Jermaine Burton is who Auburn's secondary focuses on, who's that next guy up? Or who are the next few guys up? And, um, you know, that that's really what I would like to see uh, coming into this game. You know, and flipping around, the Auburn offense versus Alabama's defense. Of course, Auburn play, has played better offensively since they went with one quarterback in Peyton Thorne. And Jarquez Hunter, before the New Mexico State game, was really playing really well. He's been playing the best head all year. Auburn's got question receivers. They don't have the greatest receiving core in the SEC. Everybody knows that. Uh, Peyton Thorne is – dangerous in the quarterback run game but when you look at the alabama defense going against the auburn offense uh what do you what do you see in there it, it you just alluded to it, it it's got to be making sure peyton thorne doesn't flush out of that pocket and do damage with his legs what we, we talk about caleb downs kool-aid mckinstry uh, we didn't mention malachi Moore. you know this alabama secondary is, is great all right I, I don't know if i would call it an elite secondary maybe in the sec it is nationally i'm not sure where it would rank but the secondary is not a matter of concern for alabama the issue is up front and containing the quarterback and peyton thorne having the ability you know maybe not as much as somebody like Jaden daniels 
you know, but having that ability to, to run away from any sort of pressure that he feels if he needs to is a huge consideration for Alabama coming into this game, because now you're not just focused on the run game, the passing game, moving back and forth. Now you might have to have a spy on Peyton Thorne, which detracts from, you know, stopping the run, which takes away from, you know, a linebacker possibly dropping back in coverage if they need him to. So if I'm Kevin Steele, my number one priority right now is making sure Peyton Thorne doesn't do what Alabama really hasn't been able to do much all season, and that's stop the quarterback from leaving the pocket and, and getting positive yardage. Yeah, you mentioned Kevin Steele. That's another uh, storyline with this game. He used to, <laughs> he's bounced. I mean, he's bounced back and forth between these two teams, which he did a great job when he was defensive coordinator at Auburn. I've look. I'll be honest with you. I've I'm not the biggest fan of Kevin Steele because I do think there was some kind of like backdoor politicking to get rid of Gus, and he wanted to become the head coach when Brian Harson was <laughs> the head coach. Everybody, I think a lot of people probably listen to this knows about that AL.com article that came out a few years ago about that, but we're not here to talk about that. I'm just but saying, though, the <laughs> the storyline with Kevin Steele was at Alabama, went to Auburn, back at Alabama. That's kind of another interesting subplot of this game on Saturday. That's just, Ed, look, we talked about it earlier. This is one of those things. This rivalry runs deep. It's not just the players on the field at that time. It's players of years past. It's generations of fans. It's coaches that have flip-flopped. You, you know, it's, it's great to see, and this is why, myself included, many people feel like college football is the greatest sport. It, it's games like the Iron Bowl and, and everything about it that makes it great that, that puts college football ahead of every other sport in so many people's minds. Yeah, you don't get this on the NFL Sundays, these rivalry games. I mean, you just you just yep, don't get enough. this. It's just not there. So uh, close it up. Uh, we, we've broke down the, the matchups, offense, defense on both sides. Uh, how do you see Saturday going? Well, look, I mentioned the the memes about Auburn coming out like the, the 72 Dolphins or the 85 Bears. Uh, I do think Auburn comes out uh, swinging. I think Auburn puts up some points. I think they'll be able to put up Somewhere around 24 would be my guess for Auburn. However, for Alabama, I'm going to go ahead and say, oh, gosh, give me 38 for Alabama, 24 Auburn. So two-touchdown game. You know, I I think a lot of people are going to see it that way, which everybody, uh, I'm not giving my pick until me and Matt Lowe do our thing (laughs) later on in the week, so I can hold off on that. But, I you know, that's kind of probably, I think, going to be a consensus for a lot of people with this game so it's gonna be fun it's always iron bowl week is always fun after we done had our fill of turkey and dressing and all that good stuff on thursday and on friday too the leftovers uh, then we get ready for the iron bowl on saturday but uh, aj it's been fun having you all talk about the alabama side of the rivalry of the game for saturday if the listeners and viewers want to check out online where can they find you and uh where can they find roll tide wire well if hearing any more of me uh, at Spur FM, that's S-P-U-R-R-F-M, like the radio dial. And then Roll Tide Wire is RollTideWire.USAToday.com. And we're covering all things Crimson Tide football as the postseason uh, comes up. And with basketball underway, we are also covering Tide Hoops. 
All right, everybody, go check out AJ and go check out Roll Tower Wire. And uh, AJ will have to have you on uh, also to talk some hoops down the road uh, with that going uh, full force with football season winding down. But uh, I always appreciate you coming on the show, and I look forward to doing some guests down the road. Sounds good, brother. Thank you so much. As always, I appreciate it. All right, and that's going to do it for our Iron Bowl preview here on Wiregrass Daily News Sports. Thanks again to Taylor Jones and AJ Spur, both from USA Today. Of course, Taylor Jones with the Auburn Wire and A.J. Spur, as you just heard, with the Roll Tide Wire. Appreciate them coming on the show and previewing both sides of the greatest rivalry in college sports. And that's going to do it for today's show. We will be back Wednesday evening. We'll be dropping a brand new episode. You're not going to wait till Friday. Obviously not Thursday, Thanksgiving. Me and Matt Lowe will preview rivalry weekend and give all our picks for the Thanksgiving weekend. So it's going to be a lot of fun, a little prime time podcasting there between me and Matt. But that will come your way Wednesday evening. Uh, you can follow me on social media at P Jordan SEC. The podcast is available over at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcast. And from Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, and review. Leave a review and I will read it on a future edition of the show. And if you leave just four stars, you are just a straight up hater. You can email me at sports.philipjordan at gmail.com and read all my written work over at Last Word on College Football. Everybody has a great Tuesday. Talk to you Wednesday evening when me and Matt Lowe preview the last week of the regular season of college football. Till next time. Bye-bye.